Today I'm going to be walking through uh, Future Ministry of Churches. Um, if this is, I'm John Brummett, I run the retirement department for the National Association of Free Will Baptists, and so I do all the uh, investment retirement accounts for all of our pastors and churches and things like that. So this seminar will have a financial leaning to it. Um, but what we're really going to be talking about today is sort of what the strategic plans for your churches should be or how you can develop a strategic plan for your church so that your ministry isn't just looking at what comes next year, but what comes 60 years from now. And so that's the whole premise behind this, this seminar, this uh, event that we're trying to do is just trying to get churches thinking about not just what's our next step, but what's our next 15 steps down the road. Uh, and so since it's a small group today, if you have questions or something, feel free to just pop up and ask me and I'll run through the slides. We are recording this, so we'll try to make it sound like we're talking through everything, but uh, we'll do the best we can. Um, so if I were to ask you all today, if um, we left this place and we were gonna move to Lake Tahoe, would you just walk out of the convention center and start walking to Lake Tahoe? Just head west and start walking? Or would you actually take some time to plan, um, think about consulting a map, checking your finances, selling your house, making preparations to actually go there? Um, if you were to leave here, to move to, to Lake Tahoe, you would take steps to get there. Uh, when it comes to strategic planning for a church, that's exactly the same thing. You don't just say, well, we're a church today, we're going to walk out the door, we're going to be a church 60 years from now. You have to actually plan for that. You want to make those steps, put those things in place. Um, one of the things that we find a lot of churches do is that they are kind of just wandering through. They say, they are kind of just wandering headed west saying this is where our church is going this is kind of where we've been and they don't really determine what is that actual target that they're trying to get to where are they actually trying to go and so that's where the strategic plan comes in of saying all right this is what the actual purpose of the church is this is where we're actually headed to we have a target that we're aiming at and we're going to figure out ways to get there so in the first step of the strategic well there's five steps to this uh, strategic planning process. There's discovery, there's dreaming, there's design, there's implementation, and then there's review. And so we'll walk through these. I'm going to break them down into just simple questions that we can ask ourselves be, to be able to kind of ask these questions to a large group because when we're talking about churches, it's not just you, it's not just the pastor who's making these plans. It has to be the congregation that's making these plans. You don't need 100% of the congregation to be on board with it, but you do need key leadership to be on board with it as you're walking through. And so the first step in this is determining our position. Uh, when it comes to a lot of church making plans, we skip this step. We will not determine actually where we're at in just our surroundings. And so we skip that step and we move on. And so this, the simple question for this to determine your position is just where are you at now? Um, so every trip has a starting location. Whatever your church is, wherever they're at, they have a starting location. Um, so from the convention center here, 
to Lake Tahoe, if you were just to drive it down the road, you'd go 2,696 miles. It would take 40 plus hours to drive there if you went nonstop. And if you were going to walk it, it would be about 37 days, I think, if you're gonna walk there. So, but having that, knowing where you're at now allows you to get to that target. So if you said, we want our church to be able to do X and X ministry, and we want to, we want to get there, but you don't know where you're starting from, it's very hard to make a plan that's gonna work. And so we try, to, we try to always start with where we're at now. You do that by doing a simple SWOT analysis. Now, SWOT analysis is a business term. Everybody kind of glazes over when we start talking about business terms and stuff, and so we'll wait a minute to get focused back here. But all you're really trying to do is figuring out your strengths, your weaknesses, the opportunities that you have, and the threats that are around. And so, again, breaking it down into simple questions, your strengths are just what are you good at? Like, what is your church good at? What are your positives? What are the things that you have uh, in your toolkit? You know, is it that you have a positive financial picture? Is it that you have a good group of volunteers? You have good leadership? Um, do you have a debt-free building? Like, those are all strengths. Um, your weaknesses could be that you don't have your building paid for and you still have debt. Uh, it could be that your attendance is flagging and you're starting to go down. Um, what opportunities do you have? So what are the, what's available to you? Are you in a growing community? Are you in an area where you can meet a specific need for that group that nobody else can? You know, are there opportunities out there and you're just looking for those? And then threats, what could hurt you? You know, if you're, if you don't have insurance on your building, that could be a threat that you need to correct. If you have uh, a hostile politician in your area that is very much against churches, that could be a threat to your church. And so you just kind of think through what are those opportunities, threats, strengths and weaknesses that you have to be able to combat and to be able to move, use as your tools as you walk down that path. This analysis will give you a snapshot. This analysis will put you to where you know your position, you know where you can be to start out. So a church that, for example, a church that has no financial resources set aside, but has good attendance and they're starting out, they're in a very different position than a church that has $100,000 in a bank account, but they have a flagging membership that's falling off year after year. And so determining where you're at determines how you move forward and what your plan should be. And again, like I said before, being able to um, talk to the leadership and talk to the, the ones that are key members in that church, because if they don't buy into your plan or the strategic plan as you're moving forward, then it won't work. You have to have the people that are gonna help walk that plan with you in the, in the works to be able to, to accomplish that stuff. Also, when you're gathering this data for your SWOT analysis, keep it someplace. Review it every once in a while, see if they change. What was a weakness may become a strength. What, what was an opportunity may become a strength. What wasn't a threat before may become a threat now. And so making sure that you're always looking at that and looking it up uh, just to make sure that everybody's aware of what the things are that are coming up to you. The second, is, the second step is to develop your strategy. Now this is the fun stage. Uh, this is where 
you're really just kind of, what is the dream? What is, where are you wanting to be um, with your church and your ministry in the future? Um, this is where we come up with the mission, vision, and core values. Uh, you're talking through like, you know, what, where do we want to be? You're talking through who do we want to reach? You're talking through what's important to us as a church. Um, and this is where you get a little more focused to where you said before you were, you wanted to head to Lake Tahoe. That was where you were wanting to go. Here you're going to dive down and you're going to say, we don't just want to head to Lake Tahoe. We want to head to 1169 Lakeshore Boulevard, Incline Village in Nevada to be at this place. This place, and I stole all these from the internet, this place is a $14.4 million house with four bedrooms, six bath on Lake Tahoe that has panoramic views of the Tahoe Lake and the, Sever the uh, Sierras and it's beautiful mansionous house. This is the dream. This is where we're wanting to aim at. Um, now, some people will say that's too far, that's, but we're talking about a long-term plan. We're talking about a strategic plan that's gonna last not just next year or the year after, but we're talking 30, 40 years. At, when we're talking about strategic plans for churches, we're talking about strategic plans that outlast you outlast the people that are at your church so that in 60 years from now your church is still there and it is thriving not just surviving and so we're trying to be very specific on and, and very broad in our dreams uh, to make sure that we're able to do uh, some of the things that we want to do um, one of the stories that i like to tell whenever i'm sharing about this dream phase is whenever i first got married to my wife we'd be driving down the road someplace and we were very young and I would say one day we could have a house like this or we could do this and my wife would say that's never gonna happen and I was just like crushed because I'm like here's my bride we've been married for about a year and she's just like well that's never gonna happen and I'm like that's not a big dream like it's a small little brick house like we can probably do that um, fast forward a few years now we're into rental properties, we're into all kinds of things that opportunities that we took advantage of because we took the steps to plan to move forward. But at that point, she just couldn't dream past that. And so whenever you're in this dream phase, be robust, be adventurous, and don't set limits on, oh, we can't, we won't be able to do that. Because again, we're talking about a long time period. We're talking about uh, something that's far in the future. And so we want to be very bold and we want to be very intentional about what the Lord can bless this plan into what it can grow to. In this dream phase, if you've done the discovery phase, which is your SWOT analysis, and you've done your research, it makes this a whole lot easier because you know that starting point, and so it makes it easier for you to map out where you want to go. Um, trying to make sure that you take advantage of the opportunities that you have and take advantage of the things that are around you to help make that uh, make that actually happen is very beneficial for you and again taking the, taking advantage of your opportunities next the third step is 
um, the design phase. Now this is where you get into how, how do we actually build out that map to get to Lake Tahoe? How do we build out that map to get our church to where we want it to be? Um, this is where the rubber really kind of meets the road and you have to actually start developing plans. You have to start getting consensus to the people that are with you and start building up you know, what that actually looks like and how you're actually going to get there. Um, as you're doing that, you need to set priorities so that you can actually measure your goals. You also need to have ways to track your progress. Dividing your plan, if you have a 30-year plan for your church, that gets very hazy, very fuzzy whenever you're looking at it. It's very hard to say, well, in 30 years we want our church to get here, but today we're here and not kind of working that out. And so you need to break that down, divide it into a 12-month plan, a month plan, you know, if you said, hey, we want to be a church of multi-generation discipleship in 30 years to where we have just as many young people as we do senior citizens, then how, where are you at now? How are you going to make that work? And so if it's, you know, well, this month we need to start a children's ministry that we focus on getting little kids in so in 30 years they're tied to our church and they have their parents and their grandparents and everybody else coming with them then then you got to make those steps now and so you're trying to divide it up so that you say these are the steps that we're going to take this is the progress we're going to do but you put it in accomplishable goals that you're that you can track easily so that you know kind of where you're headed and what you're doing but all these short-term goals that you're making feed into your long-term goals so that you're able to really track and really see where you're headed. Um, we see a lot of times that churches heading, steering a little bit to the financial side, uh, churches a lot of times will have a bigger issue with the financial side than they do the ministry side of preparing their church for this. Um, we've, we will focus on, well, we need to start that Sunday school, we need to volunteer for that stuff, but the one thing that's common through all of our ministries is it takes funds to run those ministries, and to be advantageous with those funds are just as important as being advantageous with your property or with your uh, volunteer staff or the people that sit in your pews. Um, they're, they're all assets that you have to steward and you have to manage. Um, one of the things that we see very often with our churches is they don't they don't run um, their finances in a way that kind of sets them up for future growth um, and and when I say that it's an opportunity that churches have that if they don't structure it properly they kind of miss they, they miss some of the advantage and some of the blessings that could come to them so every church should have essentially four bank accounts when it comes to running the finances of their church. And each of them plays into this strategy to be able to extend the longevity of the ministry so that you're actually pulling in assets for the future. Um, every church needs a checking account for the day-to-day -day operations. That's your month-to-month -month bills that you pay. That's the operation that you do. You need to have a savings account. A savings account for most churches is where they lump everything else that they're not using on a day-to-day -day basis and they get nothing for it. It's just sitting there. And so I've heard churches that have $100,000 sitting in a savings account that pays nothing. 
they may put it in a CD, they may put it in something like that, but it's really, they're really just not using it to, it to its advantage. The issue comes in to, you would, you're not supposed to run your personal finances that way, so why do you run the church's finances that way? Um, most people have a checking account, a savings account. You might have um, a retirement account. We try to tell churches that they need four. You need a checking account for your day-to-day -day operations. You have a savings account for a month's expenses. So that's like one month is all you really need to have in that savings account. Because all it is is it's just the pass-through for if a check doesn't come in in time for that day-to-day -day operation, you can pull it from that checking account to be able to cover it until it comes in. And so you're not, you don't need it to be built up and built up and built up. You just need a little bit there. Your third account is a high yield savings account. Now this can be, it can be a CD, although I would, I would head against that. Uh, something more like the foundation's trust accounts or a high yield savings account to where you're getting interest on it, but it's not, you know, it's not gonna knock the stars out with returns. It's just gonna kinda keep up with inflation because that's what you're really trying to do is protect the buying power of that money. In that, that's more like your emergency fund. We tell a lot of personal people that you need to have an emergency fund to cover three to six months of expenses. And that's really what that's for. For a church, we don't necessarily call it an emergency fund, but we call it more of what is the big expenses that you know are coming up in the next year? Like you know that the air conditioner could go out next year. You know that your roof is reaching its life expectancy and so it's gonna to have to be replaced. You know that you have some things like that, preventative maintenance things that you know are coming up in the next year. You put that money aside into that, into that account. Everything else needs to go into a long-term investment account to where it's actually working for you, but it's not putting your church in a bind to where if you needed the money, you don't have time to be able to let it recoup or regain or something like that if the market's up or down. This works very much like an individual's retirement account. It is the long-term money that is for the future so that you can actually have it working for you, paying dividends back to the church to be able to use that for something in the future. When you build that into your strategic plan, it adds importance to the future, to your church members and to the leadership team to understand that this is, this is not just about this year's budget or next year's budget, because that's usually about how far we go out. It's about, all right, when your grandkids are running this church because they're here and they're up in age and they're in leadership, they have the funds and stuff and they don't have to struggle like we're struggling to be able to get stuff accomplished. If they want to have a missionary fund that just pays out of that every year off of interest, then that's something that the church can work towards and stuff like that. And so you have more opportunities to take advantage of. Yeah, question? Yeah, are those high yields usually It depends on where you're at, but yes, usually you have somewhere between three to six transactions that you can do in a month without a penalty. Yeah, sort of like a money market. You're just looking for something. So inflation usually runs around 2% you're looking for something that's going to pay you something around that. Now, inflation for the last two years has not been 2%. It's been, I mean, if you were in the stock market, you weren't keeping up with inflation. So, um, but you're looking for something around that two, two and a half percent mark, something that's just going to keep the buying power. But again, you're not looking to lump 
you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in there. You're looking for it to just be, we know that the AC unit is 25 years old and it should have went out already. And so you're looking at how do we, how do we make that so that it's not a burden to the, the budget right now. We have it set aside so that we can just dip into it, pull it out and do that. All four of those accounts move all the time. So if you're, if your day-to-day -day balance gets up too, too high that it's more than what your day-to-day -day operations actually needs, then it moves to the savings. If that's up too much, you move it to the long term and then it moves into the... And so you're, you're constantly moving stuff down to that big bucket. The big bucket, it takes all the excess, but then you're also able to take off for special projects, for things that you're wanting for long-term growth. Over a 10-year span, market cycle, um, you're looking at some return somewhere around 8 to 10% is what average is. And so that's what you're looking out of that long-term bucket. So if you have $100,000 in there over 10 years, you're going to end up with about 10 grand. That 10 grand could then be used for whatever. You can have it pour back into the bucket. You could pull it off to use it for you know, hiring part-time youth guy. I mean, it, it, the possibilities are endless. At, at our church, I run the stewardship team. One of the things that we did was we named our bucket. We called it the uh, Ministry Opportunities Fund, our Future Opportunities Fund. And that's what it's for. It's for opportunities that we don't know are out there right now that we can take advantage of in the future because we have resources that are set aside for us to do that. Um, we've had it for about four or five years. We've already used part of it. We've already used it for something that came up for a youth trip for them to go to Japan. And we were like, hey, this is a great opportunity. We can dip into this bucket because it's got earnings and we're still not, we're still not messing up anything. It didn't affect our budget, it didn't do anything. It was just something for us to take advantage of. Um, as we're doing this plan and we're walking through, the, you're, gonna have to, you're gonna have to think about it as not sacrificing what your present wants are for the future needs of the church. And so kind of keeping that in mind as to, you don't want it to be so restrictive that people are unhappy at church to where it's like, well, we never get to spend money on anything because we're always trying to save or something like that. But you also don't want it to be that you don't save anything because you're spending it all on stuff right now. And so one of the ways that we kind of think about it is you had to strike that balance of making it so that you're sacrificing a little bit but not enough that it's caught it's hindering what you're doing now because you still need to grow your church to the point to where you want to be in the future and so that's going to cost some money and stuff now but you just don't want it to be that you don't think about the future at all and just pour, put all your eggs in today and so the other thing is if you if you don't strike this balance right then it always gets to that well if we're just going to walk out the door and wander to Lake Tahoe it, it seems easier than sitting down and doing this planning but it always comes back to get you in the end because you get there you're not prepared for roadblocks and things like that that will come up um, while we're on while we're on our our plan and stuff I've already went through most of this uh, when we go through our plan uh, we, we set up these signs for us, or these markers for us, 
so that we know where we're trying to hit and what we're trying to do. Um, when things are, are very far off, they get kind of fuzzy, and so you don't really see the detail in it. But if you're headed down a road, say we're headed to Lake Tahoe, and miles down the road there's a bridge that's out, but we didn't have a plan and we're just kind of wandering. We get to that bridge, the bridge is out. Now we have to deal with that bridge being out. But if we have a plan to where we're looking far off and we're looking way down in the future and we say there's a bridge out down there or we're just, there's a possibility of a bridge being out down there. We made plans to deal with that bridge being out as we went forward. So when we get to that bridge, we know there's three other bridges that we could take. We just had to detour this way. Or we say, we have a boat that we have built that we can cross this river with and we don't have to worry about the bridge being out. And so that's really what the strategic plan is trying to do. It's just trying to make sure that your road is smooth and you're able to get to where you're at, even with stuff that is thrown in your way that you're not prepared for or that just life happens and things change and you just aren't, you weren't expecting it. Um, we don't ever want to get to the point to where the stuff that we've planned for our church in the next, you know, 30, 40 years is dictated to change because we didn't do what we had planned on doing. We don't want it to be a situation to where we had to make changes because we weren't ready for the stuff that came rather than we made changes because the vision of our church or the mission of our church changed in what we were trying to hit, where we were trying to go. And we made those adjustments as we went forward. Um, <clears throat> again, remember this is, not, this is not your plan, this is the church's plan. And so there's other people in the car with you as you're driving down this road and everybody needs to be happy in that car or your trip is not pleasant. And so communicating with everybody, making sure that everybody is on the same page and that they're enjoying the ride helps to make it a little less miserable for everybody. Um, another thing that, that we talked about earlier, but I'll re-mention here, is your plan is not your lifetime. It is much, much longer. And so it's more like a legacy plan of, you know, what are you going to leave behind to the next generation as they come up, or is that generation going to leave behind, and so forth. Then we get to the hard stage. Execution is the one that most people um, will lose their way. Uh, they get into it actually having to walk this path, actually has to be diligent with your savings and setting monies aside, uh, finding those opportunities and working them um, and, and trying to do that stuff. It gets very, very tough, um, especially whenever we've made plans. Those plans didn't exactly come out because of life just happening to us. Um, and we kind of get to that place to where stuff just kind of pushes us and pulls us in different directions. And we, we kind of get into this thing to where if we're not referring back to what our plan was and where we're trying to go and what the overall objective is, then we can get pulled and we can get, we can get kind of sidetracked or just kind of stalled out. Um, and again, <coughs> communication is, is, needs to be consistent with your leadership and with your congregants, with your finance committee, but you also need to have people outside who are just interested third parties that will hold you accountable and actually care about you reaching your goal. Um, one of the things that we, especially in retirement, talk about a lot is time is an asset, 
that whenever it's gone, you don't get it back. And you know, you can, you can waste a lot of time trying to just spin your wheels and stuff like that. But if you're not moving forward, it's not getting you anything, but that stuff that you can't recover and that opportunity cost is great when it comes to your church. Um, just in the last two years, inflation has been around 9%. And so any money that you had sitting in an account someplace that wasn't earning interest is now 9% less than what it was two years ago. Um, if you had $100,000 that set in a bank account from 19... Well, if you had $100,000 set in a bank account from 2015 until now, that $100,000 would only be worth about $83,000. So your buying power is about the same as that. So that's how much you'd have lost over that time period with it just sitting and doing nothing. And so just trying to think about you know, how to keep that um, advantage, that opportunity of those funds that you have already set aside kind of moving forward. Um, again, we talked on this earlier, of like setting your short-term, long-term goals, but we also need to set timelines on those goals. Um, if you say we have a long-term goal of starting a children's ministry in our church and we wanna have a full-time children's minister on staff to be able to do that. We're gonna grow our church to that point. You, it can't be an indefinite goal out there. You wanna set some kind of timeline on it so you know that you're actually making progress towards that. And so a lot of times we'll say, this is our goal, but then we don't make the proper arrangements to get to that goal. And so we're kinda, of, it's always a goal that's just kinda of out there and it's just out there and it's just out there and we're not actually getting any closer to it. And so setting timelines for that kind of stuff or end dates for those things kind of gives us that little push to be able to get there, to be able to pull those resources together and get there. Um, you know, some of your, think in your long-term goals, you need short-term goals that kind of back those up or play into those. Uh, so if, say your short-term goal is we want to pay off uh, the ministry debt in three years. Well, that plays into your long-term goal that you want to give $50,000 a year to missions works every year. Um, these goals, as you're working them, your long-term goals keep getting longer and they, they change a little bit. So maybe your $50,000 a year to missions changes to $500,000 for missions. Now again, I'm talking about bigger and bigger numbers here, but again, we're talking about 30, 40 years down the road. And so we're talking, set those numbers high. Don't say we want to do $5,000 a year whenever you're looking at a 10-year goal. Set that number high, set that goal, and be diligent in trying to get there uh, so that it actually works to, to push you a little bit to be able to do that. Um, the last thing, well, the last step in this process is review, redact, and, and modify. We see a lot of people get into that execution phase if they've, if, if they've been successful in it executing, they don't take into consideration that things change around us all the time. So the opportunity set that we have changes, the, the people in our church change, the, the different events that we have going on in our community changes. The community makeup changes, you could have a plant that shut down in your town, you could have lots of things that happen. And so being able to look at your plan and say, does what we're trying to do continue on into the next stage? 
a lot of times when we make a plan and we're very adamant about that plan, we're getting into it, we're really moving down that path, life will throw a brick at our plans and break it into a million pieces. Uh, it just happens. That's the way life is. Life is hard. Things change all the time. You could have five of your key members of your church that leave uh, because of job change, because of death, because of anything. That could change your strategic plan immensely because the people that are now your key leaders could be completely different. And so it's important to revive and, and continuously adapt your plan to, to be able to match you know, what the goals are and what you're actually trying to do. If you wanted to get to Lake Tahoe, all the people that were on that bus to get to Lake Tahoe are no longer at your church now, and now the new people want to go to Canada, then you're gonna to have to make some changes. The resources that you've built and the plans that you've made are still, a, are still in your toolkit. They, you still have all that stuff. And so you're just changing your endpoint. You're just changing directions. And so you're just trying to make sure that you're continuously making up, making sure that you're doing what you need to do. Um, and again, this is a cycle. And so you discover, you dream, you design, you implement, and then you modify and then it just plays back into discovery. You're gonna do your SWOT analysis every so often to make sure that you're not missing opportunities or that you have strengths or weaknesses that you've um, developed or lost or things like that, just so that you're making sure that you're following through and the best that you can take in taking advantage of all the stuff that you have. Um, we we kind of overlook this a lot, especially in our personal lives is we don't celebrate the little victories along the way. Um, we have a lot of people who want to be debt free and they, they're working to, to get to that point of being debt free, but they don't celebrate the little victories that get them to that debt free. So if you're trying to get debt free and you set a budget and the first month that you hit that budget or you do better than your budget, you should celebrate that. You don't have to throw a huge party to celebrate it, but you have to acknowledge it. Same as with your church. If you have a goal that you're trying to get to and you set your budget up accordingly, you hit that budget that first month, make note of it to the congregants. Make note of it to your leadership so that they know this is important to us and you're reaffirming that. Because as you're walking down the thing, it's you're, you're, you're miles and miles away. And so you want to keep everybody encouraged and on that track moving forward. And so being able to celebrate those things as you go kind of reinforces, this is where we're headed, everything's good, we're on the right track. And then as you get to bigger road marks, bigger landmarks, have bigger celebrations and be according with that uh, so that you're able to take those checkpoints and turn them into longer term goals, longer term victories, things that you're you're able to celebrate and keeping everybody on the bus happy and able to move forward. Having a plan for the future makes life a lot easier than not having a plan and just kind of wondering. Um, we get a lot of argument of well, we have faith that the Lord is going to take care of us and that's true but if you have a plan and that plan coincides with the Lord's guidance on your life, then it just makes things a lot easier as you're walking that. You're able to take advantage of the opportunities that the Lord take, puts in front of you because you've had the resources, you've done the homework and stuff. Most people 
say, I want to do this in the future, but they don't say, where is the Lord working now? And let's go join him in that work where he's at. And so, but if you have a plan that says, listen, we want to take advantage of the opportunities that put, that the Lord puts in front of us, then when those opportunities come up, you have resources, you have manpower, you have things that you can take advantage of those opportunities that if you didn't plan, you didn't prepare, you don't have that ability to take those advantages or take those opportunities. And so the, the whole point of this is just to get our churches into the position to where they can take advantage of the opportunities that the Lord puts in front of them and are able to take advantage of those things as they're moving forward.